that takes a look at the Richard Curtis film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm Luke Allen, filmmaker and podcaster. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Oh, that'd be me. <laughs> uh, college professor and podcaster. And special guest this week, Katie Proctor. Katie, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course. Um, hello, my name's Katie. I'm 17 and I'm an actress. I do bits of TV, film, anything like that. And I absolutely love About Time. <laughs> so you were one of the first people I thought as soon as I'm doing this, I was like, I know Katie will be on board with this one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, and I'm trying to think, like, I was trying to remember when we actually started speaking. Was it, it must have been through Greg's podcast, right? I th- I think so. I I was I also was trying to think about this the other day, and I I can't pinpoint a specific moment when it was, but I think it must have been through greatest waste of time. Yeah. I think it. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, because I I know I met you and Callum at Wales Comic Con. Yeah, of course. A yeah. year and a bit ago, and then yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but yeah, it's it's nice that I think compared to most people who I've only met once, we probably talk a little more on social media than. Most. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't again. I don't know how we uh, how we started talking, but it just sort of seemed to happen, and it's great. And I can't remember when about time came up, whether it was you responding no. to a tweet of mine or mine of yours or something. But yeah, someone tweeted something, and we all, we all, I think Callum was involved as well. We all just Probably started having Callum, a conversation yeah. about it. We need to get Callum on here as well at some point. Yeah, he'd love it. Anyway, so we open with with Bill Nye as the dad, or. Well, credited as dad, but his name we find out later on is James. He says, the simple fact is the men in this family have always had the ability to, this is going to sound strange, be prepared to strangeness, get ready for spooky time. <laughs> There's this family secret, and the secret is that the men in the family can travel in time. Well, more accurately, travel back in time. We can't travel into the future. Yeah. I think one note which I had in response to something that me and Rob discussed in last week's episodes is in the background of the scene, you can spot a, a photograph, which is a framed picture of seven-year-old Donald Gleason. Really? Apparently, wow, I never noticed that. Apparently they specifically chose this house so that in this one specific scene, you could see the sea in the background through the window, and then Bill Nye stood right in front of it, and you couldn't see it. Um, <laughs> and then the other comment, which was said on the commentary at this point, is that Bob Geldof watched the film and said it's the only film he's ever seen where everyone wears a jumper in every scene. Um, and I, <laughs> I love that that's something that. to note. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't realised that, but then the more like I was watching it today, it was like, oh yeah, there literally is a jumper in every yeah. scene. <laughs> Apparently Richard Curtis, would they, the costume people would show him stuff and he'd be like, that would look great under a jumper. <laughs> 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 so, Robert, is there anything to say on the visuals at this point? Uh, no, it's just it's just Bill Nye being awesome because he's got like awkward pauses and he gets really energetic when he's talking about spooky time. But then he goes back to like awkward arm on the chair by the end of it. He's great. I think we we're saying quite a lot last week about how incredibly good Bill Nye is at being awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, unreal. Like so many of so many films he's in, he plays awkward really, really well. 
Yeah, he's fantastic. Ob- obviously, this entire sequence is used in the trailer, quite, and a lot of advertisements for about time they show this one clip. And kind of weirdly, probably shouldn't as much as it does, but it always gets on gets on my nerves slightly when I'm seeing stuff about about time. And they use this clip, but they use the version from the trailer with the music from the trailer, and it shouldn't bug me that that's the case, but that always bugs me that it, they're I not using that. the version from the film. <laughs> so. I guess we didn't sort of discuss this with you, Katie. So, what's what sort of impressions so far would you you know do you get from these characters and where where yeah. where do you know where had you seen these two actors before? Maybe is another point. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I th- I can't even remember when I watched the film for the first time. It must have been a good few years ago now. I know my dad showed it to me, and he loves films. He absolutely loves films, and um, it was before I'd watched a lot of Richard Curtis's mm. stuff. I, it was one of those things I sort of wasn't particularly interested and I think it got to sort of this point where obviously plot starts to unfold and we find out what the situation is. And two of the things that struck me, I suppose, I mean, I absolutely love the visuals in the film for a start with the house, as I was saying. It's just beautiful the way it's set. But in particular, in this scene, like you were saying, the way that um, Bill Nye is so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, it just really appeals to me. I just, I absolutely love his character in this scene and obviously in the film as a whole, but I feel like this scene and the way that he acts in the scene really does foreground the way that he sort of, I don't know, the way that he a- appeals to an audience throughout the rest of it, if that makes sense. I just think yeah, it sets him up perfectly as a character. I think we discussed last week that Bill Nye was very, like, when he was asked to do the film, he basically said, I'll do it if I don't have to act. <laughs> he said, I just want to be me. <laughs> Um, and so, like, this is supposedly just the raw Bill Nye. Well, I think you do get that sense, because it it does feel... The whole sense of the film is very... Like, all the characters and and the actors and the way that they behave, it it feels very natural. It feels... It doesn't feel put on, which is It's the most realistic film about time travel that I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It strikes that balance, like, remarkably. I remember when I first, because I'm very into sci-fi as well, when I first watched it, I was just like, this is a film about time travel, but it doesn't feel like a film about time travel. <laughs> it sort of combines that aspect, which I love so much. You see, apart the from, sort of classic apart from Doctor Who, vibe. I'm not like a sci-fi person, and even with Doctor Who, it's more like the, the family and the character elements that actually yeah, appeal to me. I get you. So as someone who doesn't normally go for sci-fi, this really interests me. And I'm pretty yeah. sure, on a completely different note, but this is the uh, the fourth film Rachel McAdams is in where she plays someone who knows someone who can travel in time. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'll probably use this isolation period to watch the other three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so was, was there anything that you knew Donald Gleeson and Bill Nye from before seeing this? I'm trying to think. I think I'd probably seen Bill Nye in a few bits here and there, but well, you would have seen Doctor Who, I guess. Yeah, of course. To be honest, I don't think he was... When I first saw it, it was a good few years ago. I don't think either of them were massively on my radar. Um, this was definitely the first the first thing that I'd seen Domino in. Bill Nye, again, probably bits and pieces here and there, but since I watched About Time now, I'm like, every time I see Bill Nye, I'm just like, I love him now. Like <laughs> He's absolutely incredible. I saw him in um, the new adaptation of Emma recently, and I just thought he was incredible. Um, but I can't, I can't pinpoint a time I first saw either of them in anything. I think this is probably the most significant, mm. like, first thing I can remember. 
And I find it shocking actually seeing interviews with Donal as to how strong an Irish accent he has and how incredibly British he is in this. I have had so many conversations with my dad about this. Like, genuinely, I I remember when I found out, like, his name and I was like, that sounds Irish. And then I watched interviews and I was just blown away. Like, I couldn't get over it. It's mad. And I mean, and even his stuff like Ex Machina and Futile and Stupid Gesture, he's really good at American as well, or at least from a British perspective. I yeah. think his American accent is good. And considering they are American films, I assume that means they probably are good. Uh, yeah. Because it would be odd for them to cast someone that they know is doing a bad accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So then Tim says, this is such a weird joke, followed by, it's seriously not a joke. He says, uh, so are you saying that you and Grandad and his brothers could all travel back in time? Absolutely. And you still do? Absolutely. Although it's not as dramatic as it sounds. It's only in my own life. I I can only go to places where I actually was and can remember. I can't kill Hitler or shag Helen of Troy, unfortunately. (laughs) And then this minute concludes with Tim saying, okay, stop. Um, And I mean, it's just... Just this entire exchange, the such a weird joke thing, it's just... I I love this whole piece of dialogue. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's more next minute yeah. where it becomes really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like this is British comedy really. The 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 awkwardness is absolutely so yeah. much and I'll probably talk about this quite a lot, but I was saying last week I watched The Girl in the Cafe recently, another Richard Curtis film, with Bill Nye playing awkward guy throughout the entire thing. And it's just made me notice so much as to how incredibly Good. I've already said that. Apologies. Uh, <laughs> it's true, always. though. And he, he he feels like the most real person in this film. Like, yeah. And maybe, maybe he leaves enough blank in his personality and his characteristics that you can sort of place like your own father figure into him, yeah. almost. Yeah, I get that. Um, because he sort of, at least in my way, like he feels as though he's everyone's dad. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, because everyone, you always think that your dad is awkward because parents are embarrassing, you know? So him being awkward in this private moment is great. So, do we have any final comments before we move straight on to minute seven? No, minute seven's where it gets really good (laughs) with these two. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be honest, just even just the comment about, um, you know, like, I can't even remember the exact words are, but (laughs) about um, shagging Helen of Troy. Like you say, it gets on to like the best part in the next minute, but um, it just sets up his whole dry humour, which I just think is perfect throughout because it has that awkwardness to it. It's like, why would you say that to your son? And he, you can see he feels uncomfortable with the whole exchange anyway because it's like, this has got to be some kind of weird joke. And I just think it's great the way it sets up his sort of personality. And like you say, it leaves enough blank that you can sort of play your own situations yeah. i suppose if that makes sense i don't know yeah which is even funnier and, um, in retrospect because you could imagine he's had this conversation more than once or he could have like if it got too awkward yeah, he could course. repeat it <laughs> i think it's at least i've assumed that that is the case and he's because his he's got his awkwardness but there is that sort of slight sense of carelessness about it as well it's like the it doesn't really matter if i fail attitude and what I'm noticing instantly is, is pretty much as soon as we move into minute seven, it might have been a little bit in minute six as well, but the cameras are a lot closer up on them as their conversation sort of become, you know, as he's more invested in it. Like, Yeah. Now now we can actually see the picture in the background a bit more clearly. But yeah, so the dialogue moves on to, if it's true, which it isn't, 
Although it is. <laughs> Although it isn't, obviously. But if it yeah. was, which it's not, which it is, which it isn't, but if it was, how could I... And then we get onto this incredible explanation, which, I mean, it's it's a brilliant idea, really, as to how to make time travel look so stupid. <laughs> yeah! And I think that works, once again, with, like, the, with the normality of things, that it's just brilliant. And so then he goes on to say, the how is the easy bit. In fact, you go into a dark place... Big cupboards are very useful generally. Toilets at a pinch. Then you clench your fists like this. Think of the moment you're going to and you'll find yourself there. After a bit of a stumble and a rumble and tumble. (laughs) (laughs) Which Tim obviously responds to with wow. And then the dad says, good a reaction as any. He plumped for a word which we're not going to say on this show. (laughs) uh, But it was the 70s. (laughs) So he says, no, this is obviously a joke. It's not a joke. Why would I lie to someone I'm fairly fond of? <laughs> That's quite. There's something quite sweet about that line. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's so it. British, isn't it? So yeah. British. <laughs> and then he says, "Okay, but when I come downstairs after standing in a cupboard with my fist clenched, you're going to be in so much trouble." Well, let's see, shall we? Like, imagine if this wasn't the case in the film. Like, I think that it'd be quite brilliant if this was just a completely different film, which started with this scene. And then he just walked out of the cupboard and that was it. <laughs> that was that, yeah. Well, then it's Owen oh, Tim. Try and do something interesting, which he follows with so much trouble. I mean it. <laughs> and, I mean, this minute actually ends at a really good time. <laughs> like, compared yeah. to other minutes, this is a, a good minute. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a... I don't know what else, what else there is to say because we sort of discussed a lot in the last minute. This is just in terms of the way that the film works and the dynamics between the characters. I mean, this is the first time we've heard Bill Nye speak in the film. It's his first piece of dialogue. And it's a great introduction, really. But we, as we said last week, Robert, as well, like, in terms of the colours that Donald's wearing as well, like, you know, they match the colours of the house. Yeah. Which, incidentally, wasn't commented on at all in the commentary, which was interesting. interesting. That surprises me, yeah. Uh, but they did comment on the fact that in the previous minute, like the last one we did last week, when he walks past the balloons, yeah, they are only there because Donal really likes pink balloons and thus requested them. <laughs> uh, hence, he walks past them, apparently, and just... And you can see him lightly tapping it as he walks past. Um, yeah, he hits one. I think one of the other things to mention is that there is a... Apparently, a John Lee Hooked album um, on the desk in the dad's room, and that was just because Bill Nye asked for it to be there. Sorry, correction, it's John Lee Hooker, not John Lee Hooked. Um, <laughs> which is the same hmm. case uh, in the next minute with Donald wanting the Amelie poster. Really? Wow. Oh. Um, yes. Have we got any sort of final comments on this minute before we wrap up this episode and move on to Wednesdays? I would like to note that though we can't say the word <laughs> That the dad says oh, yeah. his delivery oh, on it, it is, is great. A brilliant delivery. And Katie, where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both the same name. It's Katie Proctor, but it's Katie with two eyes. <laughs> so it's hard to say that. So, Robert, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, social media, if you want to hear me ramble about bad movies or politics, Robert E.G. Black, <laughs> or you want to hear my podcast and my blog all about movies. Uh, lemmingdrops.com and the listeners can find me on my very weird twitter handle of at llama underscore bottle zero uh, they can find me on instagram at the ginger luke and all podcasts short films 
All of that are at lukeallen.co.uk. This show is available on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Two Mins About Time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we hope you tune in for Wednesday. Cheers. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. <laughs> <laughs>